Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're joined now by Matt Weiner. Um, You know him very well from NBA TV as well as uh, uh, all the work that he does with Turner Sports. Beyond the Paint, a monthly magazine-style show hosted by Matt, will feature a sit-down with Dwayne Wade tomorrow night at 11 p.m. on NBA TV. Obviously, we are here tonight because of Dwayne Wade playing against the Chicago Bulls. Matt, thank you for joining. I'm playing against the Miami Heat, I should say. I've got to get used to that one. Sorry, tripped right over that one. Matt, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. You know, I, I, I did that interview just before the season started, and he was shooting a Gatorade commercial at a park on the south side of Chicago. So they had him in the Bulls uniform, and it just was weird. The whole time I was talking to him, he's sitting there in the uniform, and I could never really quite get used to that. What was his, uh, at that point, At that point, because now he's had some time to kind of get acclimated a little bit, what was sort of his comfort level with his new surroundings? Still figuring it out. Um, you know, they had already gone through training camp and some preseason games at that point. So, you know, I think he had sort of gotten used to it and understanding who Fred Hoiberg was, uh, sort of acclimating himself to new teammates as well, but still pretty early at that point. And despite the fact that uh, we did this on an outdoor court, so people were yelling at him from the street, welcome home, Dwayne, and all that. I think he's enjoying that part of it, but uh, realizing there's some pressure that goes with that for one. And I, I think it's still weird for him. You know, he, he just moved into his place and the kids are starting a new school, all that kind of stuff. Hey, uh, let's go to Atlanta because that's the team that beat Chicago uh, last night. I, I think they're kind of intriguing. What I, I believe they're 6-2, and two, but Dwight Howard, like uh, 16 points, 12 boards, 2 blocks. How good is Atlanta? Uh, are they a team that could win a first-round playoff series? Are they a team that could make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, perhaps? Uh, I'll answer all three. Good, yes, <laughs> not sure <laughs> for the three questions. Uh, you know, I, it's funny. I was suspect of, of Dwight Howard long-term like a lot of people around the league were because he's broken down. And I felt like I think it's a fair criticism to suggest that he hadn't really developed his game enough to age well, if you know what I mean. Um, there's not a lot of nuance to his game. The post-up game was always a little mechanical, a little too slow to develop. Uh, And and other than being a a pick-and-roll and and a crash-the-boards guy and a shot blocker, there wasn't that much to offer. So I I feel like he understands that the perception of him has changed, um, that there's a lot of personal uh, dislike for him, uh, and that he needed to, to change up something. And frankly, I don't know that he had that many other offers. But considering that Atlanta had sort of peaked in the Al Horford era and were facing a five-year contract with a guy well into his 30s, I felt like it was a reasonable risk to make to not max out Horford and to sign Howard for a three-year deal for a guy with something to prove. And so far, at least, and again, we're really early in the season, but so far, he's kind of been exactly what he should be. Uh, Last night, if I remember the numbers right, he was like 18 points and 10 boards, but only on nine shots. So he's not, you know, he's not to the point where he's demanding a bunch of post touches. Mike Budenholzer's teams have really moved the ball well, and it, so far he seems to be fitting in. As for playoff series, I think 
the more important factor for them is that they've got a 23-year-old point guard who, who really is a starter for the first time in his career. Can he hold up in a postseason series? I think that's a bigger question. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder, uh, who's done a nice job so far, had a big game against the Cavaliers. Talking here to Matt Weiner. Again, uh, you can follow his work over at Turner Sports, and he did a sit-down with Dwayne Wade that's going to air tomorrow at 11 o'clock. want to go back to the Bulls here real quick. We've talked about them a lot on the show the past couple days because it is sort of the foil to the Heat situation now because it's what Dwayne Wade chose was to go up there and try to make this thing work with Rajon Rondo and Jimmy Butler. What are your sort of overall feelings about whether or not that can work over the course of a season? Well, there's definitely a square peg element to it, and I think everyone sort of recognized that from the get-go. You've got three perimeter players who, if I remember correctly, were all in the bottom 15 of the league among regulars in made three-pointers last year. And that's, you know, the antithesis of what the NBA has become. So where do you space the floor? How do you do that? Uh, How do you make the requisite number of threes in a league that seems to require it? Excuse me. And so far... They've made that work, but it it feels, I don't know, it's still a little bit of a puzzle to me. Uh, I feel like maybe a lineup change is in order at some point. Their bench is not particularly good right now. Um, But they're number four in the league in offense, which is one of the questions folks had about them is how that would work. I feel like they can get much better and should get much better defensively. Um, But they're an odd team for sure. And, I, you know, how, how they develop from here on out is, is kind of anybody's guess. I feel like their talent is probably good enough that they can defy expectations, which were to be like a nine, number nine, number ten team in the Eastern Conference and sneak above that cut line and get into the, into the playoffs as a lower seed. Uh, but, you know, again, we're, what, eight, nine games into the season for most of these teams. We'll, we'll find out. When you talked to Dwayne on the eve of the season, did he say anything that caught you off guard that surprised you? No, not really. I mean, the focus of this piece is really about what what has been happening in Chicago and sort of the intersection between this epidemic of of gun violence in the city and basketball. And and we I was up there a couple different times. We went to um, the the Peace Games, which is run out of St. Sabina Church on the south side of Chicago, a program that initially brought together gang members to play basketball. And through basketball, they get to know each other. Uh, eventually developed into sort of a jobs program, an education program as well. So we were there for that. And then, uh, obviously, it was, the issue hit home really personally for Dwayne when his cousin was, was shot and killed, yeah. uh, allegedly by gang members in August. So that was the, the most of our discussion. I think he realizes, as I mentioned, that there's a responsibility uh, that goes along with playing there fairly or unfairly that folks particularly – on that side of town where he grew up are kind of looking to him uh, for some answers on this. No one person's going to solve it. And, and yeah, I think he's willing to accept that, but he's quick to point out that, you know, he's not going to be able to do it. And it's going to take parents. It's going to take community leaders. It's going to take the police. It's going to take a lot of different people at a long time to, to solve that problem. Hey, uh, Matt, when, when you look at uh, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, what do you think is, is going well for them? Because, again, I, you know, the, the East, I, I think we just kind of looked at, at Cleveland, and, and, you know, you see some other teams, some unexpected teams coming up. Uh, yeah. What is, what is going so well for them? We know about Steve Clifford and the defense and Kimba Walker, but uh, overall, what are they doing so well? Well, I think, you, I think you just named the two things that are going really well for them. First of all is continuity under Steve Clifford, who was, was a really well-respected assistant coach before he got there. 
uh, and, and established the tone defensively that allowed them to improve. And secondly, Kemba Walker's playing like an all-star right now, and if he continues on this path, he'll, he'll be an all-star. You're talking about a guy who has hovered around 40% in terms of field goal percentage for most of his career, and looking it up last night, he was at like 49 from the field and 49 from three-point range as well. No one expects him to sustain that necessarily, but he's their closer. He's their best, most consistent offensive player, and if he can continue having a career season, then that's a really good team. They have other good parts around him, obviously. And Nicholas Batum is a really versatile guy. Um, if Kaminsky and Zeller develop the way they hope to them to, then you've got a team that could be really good for a long time. Talking to Matt Weiner here um, from Turner Sports. Matt, uh, out in the Western Conference, one, one uh, team that's really intriguing right now is the Clippers. Uh, typically we see teams that are good for a while and they sort of it's, it's difficult for them to make that step to great uh, did, yeah. do you, but we're starting to see it a little bit with them at the way that they're defending uh, what's caught your eye with them well the defense and depth are the two things the, the bench has always been suspect with them you had Jamal Crawford coming off the bench and and frankly if if he wasn't on because he's that kind of player you you, you bring him in and see if he's hot and if he's not hot, then you, you kind of look around for another answer, and they really didn't have that. And now they have some other answers, uh, some other options, I should say, coming off the bench. And their defense has been phenomenal so far. But with the Clippers, I don't know. They've been good for a while. And I think it was J.J. Redick who, who suggested in the offseason that maybe they should be considered a super team as well, considering the individual resumes of some of their top players. And there's some credence to that. But the reality is, they also, through, through circumstances beyond their control and, and in their control, have not fared very well in playoff series. Um, they've made bad plays at the end of games in some of those series, and last year, obviously, the injuries uh, killed them against Portland. But, you know, the start is phenomenal, and I think there's a lot of reason to hope. But uh, could they beat the Warriors or the San Antonio Spurs in a postseason series? That's you know, that's very much up for debate right now. And until I see them make the kinds of plays the championship teams make late, then, you know, you, you still you still think, well, they haven't proven it yet, right? That's it. That's it. Hey, Matt, uh, let's delve into politics a little bit as a, <laughs> as a, as a matter of NBA policy. You saw oh, this what, should be fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you're giving the answer. I'm just asking the question. Um, you saw what Stan Van Gundy had to say. We, we've seen some, yeah. some uh, anthem um, I guess protests from the woman here at the Miami Heat kneeling to what happened in in Philadelphia. Um, if if there are more comments about Donald Trump or if there are any kind of anthem protests, do you think Adam Silver gets involved? He's a pretty hands off type of guy. Do you think he gets involved, or do you think he kind of lets people express whatever they want to express in this league? Well, I think he would get involved if it became disruptive. To the games in some way. Um, if a player were to begin a Kaepernick-like kneel down during the national anthem, uh, that would cause some some stir in terms of, of the media asking questions, and it would spur debate, which I think is fine. And I think Adam Silver, not to speak for him, I think he would be okay with that as well. Uh, if a player did something that disrupted the game in some way that's when i think the league would take notice and say okay now you're affecting our product and you're affecting the way our fans enjoy the product and that's probably the line where that is 
Uh, remember way back when Mahmoud Abdul Rauf didn't didn't uh, acknowledge the national anthem, and that that under David Stern's watch, uh, that was basically okay with the NBA as well. And I, I think Adam Silver has said he wants to encourage his players to have opinions about social issues and about uh, life and politics and whatever they like. Um, but again, that dividing line, I think, is if it's affecting the product in some ne- negative way. Matt Weiner, again, uh, you can catch him on Turner Sports as an NBA host. Also, they'll make sure you catch the documentary. Well, not a documentary, but a sit-down with Dwayne Wade, Beyond the Paint, uh, part of the monthly magazine-style show that Matt hosts. Matt, thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Good to talk to you guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.